Hello and welcome to episode number 74 of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Omakias, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, with my good friend, Shook. He's just Shook. He's a guitar tech. He's an amazing dude. I toured with him 10 plus years ago. You can find him on the road with Taking Back Sunday, most recently, Miley Cyrus. And this is our first episode of Tour Check-In. Now, keep in mind, I got some, I got some kinks to work out on this one as well, because you know, I haven't fully fleshed out what a tour check-in is, but the idea behind it is to tune in and talk to people when they're on a tour and talk about things that specifically happen on that tour. Now, Suge and I, we took more of a relaxed approach to this, but he's a chill guy, so that's, it's kind of assumed it's going to be relaxed. But we want to learn, you know, how are you traveling? What are some difficulties you've come across? What's the tour like? And the one Suge and I talk about today was his recent run for Lollapalooza South America with Miley Cyrus. Pretty cool. What a cool gig. I learned a lot. I miss Suge. I love his demeanor. He's a very relaxed guy. He's a chill, chill human being. Good to tour with. Very kind. Weird sense of humor. I love how it shines through on social media. If you have a chance, check him out. I think he's Suge Nasty on there. If he's not Suge Nasty, it's just Suge. But I know him as that name. He's got a, he's an interesting dude. I vibe with Suge. I miss hanging out with you, my guy. Thank you so much for joining me for an hour today. And if you think I look similar to episode 73's intro, you are correct. Because I am currently, if you're watching this, flying home from Serbia. I am there for work. I am so excited. I have not been able to do that much photography during COVID due to some restrictions of my life. But I'm happy to be back out there. I'll be back with photographs and experiences. And yeah. Anyway, Suge, thank you so much for joining me, man. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And of course, I can't shout out new patrons because I'm doing this a week early, but next week I will get you guys caught up. So thank you to the, all the patrons who help out every week. I appreciate you. Connor appreciates you. Eva appreciates you. Everybody appreciates you. Without the patrons, there is no podcast. Well, there is a podcast. I just might have to be living somewhere else so that I can pay out of pocket for it. But really, thank you guys so much. Um, with that being said, I'll see you next week on Don't Shit on the Bus. Shug, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? What's going on, man? It's been a, I'm, g- I'm good. A it's 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 a podcast episode, but it's also a real catch up. Yeah, I haven't seen you since. Oh man, what was that? San Diego. Yeah, you got it. It was like whatever you were with Thrice, I think. No, no, it was. Uh, I was. I had just finished with Thrice because because it was that summer summer festival. I forgot. Totally forgot what it's called. Maybe I'm misremembering. I thought you were on that festival that played like the amphitheater that we do on Warp Tour, but it was like. Uh, with uh, maybe like sleeping with sirens and that was the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just came to hang for the day though. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had just finished. I had just finished up with Thrice uh, like a month or two before that. Like we, I think oh. it was either. I think we went to Australia and the Philippines, and then I went back to uh, Taking Back Sunday. Okay, cool. Well, then I was misremembering, but that makes sense now. Yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, because I think you we we had been texting that day and. And then their like list stuff was weird. She's like, "Hey, I have an extra ticket if you need." And then I was going, "Wait, hold on, you know, back and forth." And when we met up at like right outside that gate, you know, where catering, where Warped Tour catering would be. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Damn, it's kind of wild how Warped Tour was like a good preview of all the venues you actually get to play eventually in your career. But when you're yeah. on Warped Tour, it's like, "Hey, we're going to use these venues, but like only kinda." <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to use that parking lot right there and use two of the spots for a stage. Yeah, yeah. And catering will actually be on the amphitheater. We're not going to use it as a stage at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or production. Yeah, yeah. Man, that shit's wild. Warped Tour was such a good intro. I mean, 
I'm trying to think back. When did I first meet you? Was it an in Data Remember tour or a Pierce the Veil tour? When when did we first hang out? It, oh man, I think it was Data Remember when we went to Europe, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like, was that the tour that poker was on? Was that the vibe? You know what? It was it was Pierce the Veil and Bayside. Oh, I remember that tour. Okay. That was after yeah. poker. Okay. Damn, I can't believe it was that. I know it was like long ago, but that is probably like 10-ish years now. That was yeah, 10. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, Europe. That was January of 2011. Did you really just recall that? from the, Do you have like a freaky memory for dates? What is What was that? I did the U.S. right before that with because it was Data Remember and Under Oath in the U.S. Oh. And that was when What Separates Me From You came out. And okay. then Europe wasn't too far after that, I remember. Okay, wow. January, I think. It was either January. No, it was, it was January because it was right after NAMM. Because gotcha. I went to NAMM. And I got the phone call about, you know, like logistics for the tour. And uh, while I was at NAMM, yeah. <laughs> you have a pretty good memory. That's like, I'm pretty impressed. Like I was guessing a date, but you just called the actual date. How long did you tour before I met you? Like, I know when I met you and I know what you've done since then, but how long have you been touring before that? Uh, I started around 2000, 2001. It wasn't really like touring touring. I didn't really start grinding touring until 2002. Yeah, 2000, 2001, it was like, I was friends with that band Limbeck, the Limbeck guys. I know Limbeck. Well, I don't know them, but I know of them. Yeah. So Rob and I were roommates for a hot minute, the singer. And um, it was cool because we would all, we all worked pretty much full-time jobs. So we would pick up the person who got out the latest trek up north or as far east as Arizona, some yeah. maybe New Mexico. And then we would literally get home with enough time to drop the first person off that had to work earliest with enough time for them to maybe shower and take off like after the weekend was over. So you guys would pull all-nighters, do some shows, and then come back. Or you do some shows, then pull an all-nighter on the way back and then go to work to make some money and then do it all again. Yeah, yeah. That's and then, a hustle. And then they, yeah, and then they really started touring a couple years after that. No, maybe, oh, wow. you know, not too long after that, like really just grinding. So you just, from there, you were kind of able to go on the road with them and then you just kept meeting people, I'm sure, and kept touring and piecing it all together. It's funny, they when they had their first when they got their first long term tour, which was yeah. like two months with homegrown, they asked me to do it, but I just started a new job and I couldn't get out of the get the time off for it. And so I couldn't do it. And then a year or two later, I started homegrown took me on tour. And that was my first long term tour. I mean, yeah, that was two thousand two. We were out pretty much nine months out of that year. Minus for me, minus a month because I had to move. I had to fly home to move out of my place and into a new place. So damn, we were out. Yeah. Yeah. We well, were out mid-March till like the second half of December. Well, it's good to know you got your training in early and you were like, all right, nine months off the bat, that makes everything else easier. And if you're, I'm yeah. assuming you weren't doing it in the best accommodation. So it only got easier from there. And when we yeah. met up, by the time we toured together, you're on buses and, yep. you know, just crushing it. And I'm sure you've not done not a bus tour since then. I've done a couple van tours. It wasn't anything like lengthy. It was uh Oh yeah. Well then I respect that. I'm I made an assumption that was wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, I did the uh you know, actually no, I saw you on that tour too. It was uh we saw each other on that warped, I believe it was 2012 or 2013. I after the after that after warped had finished or after we had finished warped, I took I took off with Braid so they can do their uh anniversary shows for that for the record frame and canvas. Gotcha. Damn, you work with some OG artists. It's fun. It's cool. I didn't even expect that. You know, <laughs> they just, I saw them at I saw Damon. I saw Damon and he was just going, Hey, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. I'm like, well, I'll be home. So I'll come do that week if you guys need anyone. Perfect. 
I mean, that's great. Respect to you for kind of hopping in a van and doing it. And today, for for lack of a better segue, I was excited to have you on, not only because of your experience and how long you've been in the industry, but because this is the first episode that I'm trying to do called Tour Check-In, where I talk to somebody who's on the road, but you're not on the road. We're kind of faking it a little bit, but I did want to do this while you were on the road, but we're going to pretend, we're still going to talk about your most recent tour. And we're going to pretend like, I don't know, pick a place you were on the last tour. Just pick a place. Well, it wasn't too long ago, so we could still, it's still fresh, right? Yeah, it's it's super fresh. (laughs) But you were in South America. Did you go to Argentina? Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we started, so the schedule, the schedule was we started in Argentina at Lollapalooza. Then we went from there to, I believe, Bogota, Colombia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then from Bogota, we went to Paraguay. All right. Let's pretend you're in Paraguay. I picked that place. Yeah. (laughs) So we're in Paraguay, or we're flying to Paraguay from Bogota. All right, we're, we're, you're on the flight right now. Yeah. So the cool thing about tour check-in is that it allows us to kind of escape from just doing, you know, how you got into this industry, what have you been up to? It's more like tour-specific, which I think is important because there's a lot of things that are different from tour to tour. There's, you know, how you're traveling, who you're with, how you got the tour, what the tour looks like on a day-to-day basis. I think there's a lot to learn from every tour. And I don't know, maybe we could start with like a pretty zoomed out view of this one. Okay. Who were you on tour with, I guess, is the first thing. Uh, I was out with Miley Cyrus. Wow, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty big name. That's not quite Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, it was. I went, you know, flip, uh, basically flip flopping between Taking Back Sunday and Miley Cyrus. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Originally, I wasn't supposed to be on the, uh, the South America run, but their guy that I'm, I'm take, sort of taking over for, he went somewhere. He went somewhere else over to Green Day. Did you get him the Green Day gig? Is that is that the is that the long con? You got him the Green Day gig, and then you got the mileage. Yeah, I you know <laughs> that I wish. No, they uh, <laughs> they called me actually right after they did. A, Miley performed for New Year's Eve like a okay. show. I didn't get to see it. They called me like literally the day after the show. You know when they were on their way to the airport, going, "Hey, so can you meet us in LA tomorrow?" And I was just <laughs> like, you know, my friend Evan, who actually also worked for Dana, remember? He called me and he goes, "Hey." uh, yeah, can you meet us in LA tomorrow? And I was going, oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> and they're like, well, we just, we need, we need, you know, somebody to take Gabe's place, the tech that I, I'm feeling, you know, taking over for, or not taking over for, but you know, him and I are kind of, wolf. Um, you know, he's, he'll still be doing stuff as a, will I, things like that. Cumulatively, you are fulfilling a position, but nobody's taken over for the other person. I got you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, they got home from that show and they are, are already been talking about South America, but we were in rehearsals for like a, I guess for all intents and purposes, a corporate event. So we're, while we were in rehearsals for that, uh, the tour manager took all my info for South America. Okay. Like passport, all yeah. that good stuff. Cause they need to get all the visas, you know, in, in place yeah. and things like that. So I was just going, well, I don't think I'm going. And, yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of went, well, I'm just having a backup of a backup in case. Yeah, he's doing the tour manager thing. Exactly. I mean, he was covering all his bases. I was going to say, it's crazy that even like a big gig, I mean, Miley Cyrus, everybody, even if you don't listen to Miley Cyrus, you'll know who Miley Cyrus is. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that even on that level, and this is no discredit to her team, this is just a norm that I want to point out, how casually and word of mouth the jobs are acquired. I mean, it's not like you went somewhere and dropped off your application. Somebody that worked for somebody was like, hey, I'm leaving. My tag Tag in my friend Shug. What do you think made you the guy for this gig? Like, why you? It's funny because Evan, who we who I mentioned earlier, does his last name start with a P? 
B. Bovey. Evan Bovey. Oh, okay. yeah. I feel like you would know him because he did a. He, I, don't, I think he did a run or two with with the guys. Did remember and I'll look up his photo. Yeah, and then he went to from from remember to Miley the Miley camp during uh, okay. as she was about to start the the bangers tour. Okay, cool. Yeah. So how it all started? I mean, we he's one of my really really good friends. Like we've just been you know we keep in constant con, you know contact and you know he's always been looking out just kind of trying to ask me to fill in for things here and there. And then fast forward to 20, 2020, yeah. right before everything started and he was busy doing something. So he had me uh, fill in. I finally said yes. And yeah. he had me fill in for a, a show that Miley was doing in Australia was scheduled for in Australia. That's a good fill in a little bit of a little bit of a hop, but that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. He just kind of called me. He goes, you're doing this. So I already gave him your info. You, you start rehearsals on March 1st. What makes like a good fill in because how do I explain this? Sometimes people like there has to be some kind of like even nonverbal or formal agreement there. Like if he has you fill in and then for some reason they're like, all right, we want to hire you. Then you have to go back to him and be like, Hey, I'm not trying to take your job. Like there's got to be some kind of communication and trust there. Right. Because a less honest person could theoretically poach a gig in that way. Correct. Yeah. I've definitely seen that happen quite a bit. Really? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I've been. What's that called? Is it called poaching? That's a good word. I actually don't even know a proper term for it. Being an asshole? Pretty much. That's so bad. I'm not going to name names or who the artist was even. Yeah, we um, want to do that. But, yeah. But yeah. Can, can you give us an example, maybe? Like something you've experienced? <laughs> we can talk, I haven't. We can talk names after off the air. Oh, <laughs> off no. the I got but, no um, personal investment. I'm just here to learn and I'll learn the yeah. same amount without names. I got you. This was a while ago. It was this artist's. I'd already heard of this artist just because they've been making a name for themselves. And I got asked to do their first big tour. And it, it was big enough because it was their first tour. It was like theater size. And this is, sounds weird because it's weird talking about the internets, but I call it the internets. But uh, long story short, well, you know what? Long story short, I got, I got, I found out I got undercut by somebody who I haven't asked directly, but people around me have mentioned that, you know, this person had done that before when they found out that I was up for the job. So in a way, like the gig, the gig was like, hey, we have this job opening and you're like, all right, I apply it X amount of money. And this person understands how much you applied it. They apply for the same job and they do X minus, you know, 200 X minus exactly. 300 and make themselves where they, they compensate for their maybe inability to get the gig by making it more desirable based on budget. But I mean, in a way, isn't that nice that you kind of it's kind of like when you figure out that somebody you're dating is an asshole right away, because yeah. now you don't have to wait all this, waste all this time yes. with that artist who doesn't value their create their, their employees. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you owe them a thank you. You owe them a thank you, really. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Huh? It worked itself out. Hey man. Now, I mean, this is a cool tour though. Like I I've toured on a lot of different levels, but I would say I've only touched or kissed the level of which you toured on this mm -hmm. What was your what was your role with Miley Cyrus Group? I, I was uh, a guitar and bass tech for Jamie Renson and okay. uh, on in this on this run, uh, Joe Ayub, the bass player. Uh, Jamie played in the band American Hi-Fi. Oh, I know Jamie. Yeah, I did a photo yeah. shoot once with them in L.A. Uh, at I don't know. I'll send you the photos after this. I did a photo okay. shoot with them when maybe it was twenty one at one of their houses. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, because uh, Stacy Jones. The drummer, he's also Miley's MD, music director. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Small world. Yeah, it's pretty rad. So it, was, um, it took a little bit of catching up because I knew they wouldn't remember me because it 
I mean, I haven't seen them in 20 years. Did you tour with them or? Um, well, back in 2002, it was Warp Tour and American Hi-Fi was on the same stage as Homegrown. They didn't do the whole summer, but they pretty much did most of the summer. And then after that, Homegrown kind of broke off after Warp Tour and just did tour after tour, one-off after one-off. And then there was a few one-offs where American Hi-Fi, where it was American Hi-Fi and Homegrown playing the same show. That's great. I love that you got to reconnect with them 20 years later. That is such a nice part about the music industry. So when you're getting asked to go on this tour, we know it came to you pretty nonchalantly or rather like through word of mouth. One thing that like is hard to explain to other people, and maybe I just have a misunderstanding of how other crew jobs work. But when somebody asks you for a gig, what are the questions you ask them to determine if you want to take it or not? Or do you just take it because you got recommended or is it mostly a money thing? Like, what do you try to figure out before you take this tour? It's a lot. It's a lot of factors for me. It's really just, well, I'll start with when it really comes down to it. It's just schedule. Am I available? Yeah. Yeah. And is it worth it? Not money wise, just busy. Cause I like to be busy. You want to stay touring. Yeah. Stay, just stay working, you know, but then I also look at, okay, would I vibe with the band? like the people I'm working for and everybody else and then everybody else. How do you determine that? How do you determine if you're going to vibe with these people if you haven't met them? Yeah. I, well, for, you know, fortunately I've met a majority of the people I've toured with, which is actually kind of funny that when I went, I went in a day to remember not knowing the guys, but it was cool because everybody was so nice. And we all, you know, including you on that run, we all got along and hung out. That was a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Good tour. But the, the money it's, this is going to sound weird, but I'm not money driven. You know, I, of course I'm an adult. I have bills like everybody else. I'd like to live comfortably, but I'm, I, I'm not that there's a lot of people that, you know, I go where the money goes, but then I see them hopping from job to job, from band to band. I, I like to try to stay loyal, but then when it gets, starts getting uncomfortable is when I kind of make my exit, I guess you can say. And what do you think the benefits are? Like, I definitely relate to you. I like the stay loyal aspect. Money isn't the determining factor. It's mostly a schedule thing and a vibe thing. Uh, because I mean, that it's a reflection of where you're at in your career, right? You've been doing it for a while. You're not trying to go out there and hate your life. What do you think um, some of the positives are, or I guess for other, maybe there's other people out there who are trying to figure out what gig to take and what not to take. Why do you think it's more beneficial for you as a human being to take the ones and be loyal with them rather than just go to the higher paying gig. And what makes somebody who does take the higher paying gig or rather the money gig hop around so much, you know, like what, can you explain that to me? It's, I look at it as why would you want to go into your job? Just grinding your teeth every day. You know, I've had those kind of jobs and I it just made me miserable, you know, just a total grump all day. And, and, and that whole working for the weekend thing, that's where I see that. And it's mm -hmm. like, grinding your teeth and then you get two days off and then you start grinding your teeth for another five days. The money thing I see it's a, uh, and I'm not knocking anybody that goes to school to do this. You know, I never went to yeah. school because that's what they went to school for is to go and in, into their craft. A friend of mine and I had a, had a conversation about this and he kind of nailed it on the head. He said, it's a different kind of passion in a way. I'm not, you know, like, again, I'm not knocking anybody that goes to school to do it. I yeah, wish I, I could have gone. I to think we can agree it. that you have your preference. And if somebody else's is different, it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It's just, there's different people out there and that's okay to talk about. Yeah. It's a, there's a different kind of passion behind it. You know, I grew up in punk rock and hardcore, so I was very DIY kind of learned stuff on my own, not because I could, but because I had to. So, you know, as for me in this world, as, as more, as, as the bigger, the bigger, the 
gigs yeah. started coming or even just the more gear that started coming in, I had to force myself to learn all this, you know, and get advice from friends, et cetera, et cetera. You went to school on your own. Yeah, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I wish I could have gone to school. I mean, I just, I didn't have the means to, but there's a, di there's different purposes. Yeah. Everybody's got different routes and different place, different time in life. I mean, I'm sure some people who went to school wish that they could have toured with the local band on the weekends and then worked their day job during the week. I, you know, I'm yeah. sure some people wish they had your route. Rad. So, I mean, you get this gig, you ask, you figure out, you're like, all right, pay seems decent. Schedule makes sense. Keeps me on the road. People I vibe with. You go out on the road. What's this is not a normal tour. Like you're not hopping in a bus. <laughs> is this a kind of tour you've done before where you're, I mean, can you tell me about the travel and what it's like? Yeah, this is, I mean, this was crazy to me just because it's such on such a different level. We, we were on our own plane first off. What's that mean? Uh, they, they had their own private, like, I guess, I don't know if this is the right term, but a private charter. I think that's right. I mean, it's not a private jet that you're renting from a, a it's, it's like a, it's like a normal plane, but yeah. you're the only people on it, right? You like bought the whole theater. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Was it, it crew and band or was like, like Miley, was Miley on it as well? Or is it just everybody but her? Yeah, it was, it was Miley, uh, her band and the crew. That's rock star. I fuck with that. Yeah, that was, it was, it was gnarly. I mean, you walk onto a normal sized plane with all business class seats <laughs> and and so for me, I was just going, wait, what? Business class seats? There's like a space to hold your drink. And how many people were on there? I thought I at some point I thought there was 66 people, but I, I'd heard there was like just around 100. Holy shit. Your estimation is way off for somebody who's really good at dates and numbers. Shug, I'm disappointed. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it's definitely way off because I mean, it was so she it was Miley. She had some of her family out her band. There was, you know. The band with the, all the band, it was, you know, the, you know, instruments, backup singers, et cetera. Then there was pyro, video, audio, backline. Pyrotechs. There was not fire on the plane. This was the tech or pyrotechs. Yeah. Pyrotechs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. As you said, pyro, should, I'm like yeah, picturing say, a plane with, it's with pyro on it. No, I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot. And so that's so cool. cool. That is awesome. Yeah. What a fun feeling. Like, did you, did you get on the first time and you're like, we're really doing this? I was thinking that walking to the plane could yeah. because we're on a we're on a private um, strip. So we're, you know, walking across the uh, where all the planes are. And I'm just looking going, OK, wow. It's like the it's like the first time you go to the mall during school hours when you're a kid and you're like, whoa, mm -hmm. people exist from, you know, 7 a.m. or whatever to 3 p.m. Yeah, that's what it feels like. I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> exactly. That's and amazing. Food, oh, I wish I could have been there with you to see it. On. The food was served on um, ceramic plates and not that, you know, the, the where you peel off the plastic off the plastic little. Oh, it's like you're at a real restaurant. Yeah, it was crazy. So you had like catering on the flights as well? Yeah. Yep. Catering, snacks. I mean, you know, there was Wi-Fi, but the Wi-Fi was terrible as as Wi-Fi is terrible on all flights. Yeah. Just to message people kind of. Yeah. Did you at any point think you're like, I think I'm getting paid for this, but I might have to pay them? Like it's like yeah. feels like too good where you're like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like, okay, when when is when is this over? Cause this isn't funny anymore. No, but it was surreal. I love talking to people when they have their firsts of anything because those moments I feel like really remind me why I like to do what I like to do. Because and it reminds me to be happy with even the things that, you know, it's my hundredth time doing it because there's no reason it should be any less fun the hundredth time you do what you just did. And it's you know. 
just to sidestep from the podcast, dude, congrats. Well done on acquiring <laughs> such a fun gig. That's Thank great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's it's still weird to me, but it's cool. Like in a good way. I'm just like, whoa, okay. I'm I'm at this weird level that I don't know. I never thought, I never thought when I when I even when I started this, I never had a goal to, you know, I never set any goal to have, I'm gonna work for Miley someday. You weren't just like private jet with catering, charter. Yeah. All right. Check that box. You're just like, I don't know where this goes. Yeah. I had catering with ceramic utensils, but not <laughs> not working for Miley Cyrus. No, yeah. It was just I never set that goal for myself. I just did it because I liked it and I love music. You know, I was with my friends, just, you know, somewhat thinking we were, you know, we were making some kind of a change. Yeah. It's bigger than yourself. You know, it goes to what you said before. It, this is your passion. You're doing it because you feel passionate about it. It's yeah. not like you went to school, sat down in a notebook and started saying, I need to make this much money, be traveling this way and working for this artist, which, you know, I think everybody says, well, I just want to do something bigger and better or, you know, maybe not bigger and better. That that might be the wrong word, but something that provides value for people I care about. And that yeah. just kind of keeps moving you forward and got you to this point. It's fun. I mean, it's great to see. I mean, what's, what's gratifying is seeing with any of the bands I've worked for, seeing hundreds or thousands or whatever fans screaming lyrics you know from beginning to end from the front of the room to the back of the room just everybody singing along for that moment you know they're forgetting about everything and just having a good time real fast something cool about airplanes when you you fly in them there's like a restriction and i knew about this from a tour i did when you post photos of the plane if you do what do you have to hide what is the thing the tail number yeah because it like gives i guess people can like look up the plane based on that number yeah. And I had no idea because I don't know how planes work, you know? <laughs> God damn it. You know, guitars, but not planes. Yeah. I know guitars, but not planes. So I was just like, huh? <laughs> no, but I mean, apparently with us, it was like somehow fans knew the tail number. Somebody leaked it. Yeah. Somebody leaked be uh, the tail number because when we had, we had to make an emergency landing on our way to Paraguay. Wow. We landed in Paraguay, but uh, we, well, we got, Struck by lightning. I didn't think that happened. I th are you sure you're not making it up? The, maybe the pilot just sucked. Miley, Miley posted a picture of the, uh, you can see it on her, on her Instagram. She posted a picture really? of the tail. Yeah. Um, I'll send you the, I'll send you the picture. I have screenshot her picture okay. of the, of the damage, but it's crazy because we were en route to Paraguay for the festival and we were flying into a huge thunderstorm. Oh, I see the picture. That's wild. Yeah. And, uh, we were en route. Um, we, we had when we made our, our landing, there were fans already waiting on the runway. Yeah, not on the runway, but it was a tiny airport okay. that we had to land at. Okay. Apparently, it was a you know a tiny airport in the middle of a jungle, so they were closed already. Um, there was nobody there, so we when we landed, we had to wait up like an hour or two for maintenance to get there to fix yeah. the damage. That's crazy. You kept the same plane. Yeah. What happened was that when the maintenance showed up. They taped, they used speed tape to fix the damage. So they taped up the damage, which sounds odd that they just yeah, taped I'd up say. the hole. But I, I just found this out from some lighting friends of mine. It's very expensive per roll, but it's rated at 700 miles an hour. Yeah, it can, it can take the flying that planes go through. They, they put enough on there to cover the entire area. And I found a $3,300 roll of it. $3,300. Jesus. For how many feet? <laughs> Does it say how many feet? Uh, three, year, three meters. Three meters. Eighty yards. Oh, 180 yards. That's times three. So that's uh, 
54 feet. 540 feet. <laughs> 540 feet? I mean, if oh, it's yes. 180 Sorry. yards. <laughs> 500. Yeah, I, I added it wrong. 540 yeah. feet. No, it's all good. That seemed, that's crazy, though. It is expensive. They're like 200 to, they're like thousands of dollars. This one's $5,000. Yeah. This one's yeah, $23,000. Maybe it's a big, maybe it's a big amount of them. Oh, it's only yeah. 730 each. I get it. Two rolls per case, a lot of cases. All right, guys, I'm crazy. It's $1,000. That's still a lot. That's a lot for a roll of tape. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So that's, so that's did what that. happened with us. And you didn't fly over 700 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't know how fast planes fly. <laughs> 400 to 500. Is it? Okay, so yeah. they rated it. They, they made it to handle a little more than that. That's yeah. good. And no more lightning strikes. So what do you do? You get repaired and then you guys just, took back off and finished your flight well what happened was so we were flying paraguay was going through a crazy lightning storm yeah um so the festival the festival in paraguay ended up getting canceled anyway because it got flooded out oh wow that sucks yeah so when we landed we were getting we were getting text messages but also some of our people were texting some of their people like the people that they knew that were on site it, it was on a track from what i understand like a horse track you know the foundation was already sinking a little bit yeah from the flood yes sketchy yeah a couple feet of in the city there was like a you know foot or two of, of water flooding the area we were waiting well, the festival got canceled officially announced the next day that it was canceled so we made just the decision to just to fly straight to sao paulo from Par from where we landed it was just 150 miles outside of paraguay okay not too far that's so wild though what a scary experience yeah it was all right it was weird it didn't really phase me much you didn't get any heart drop moments not really. I was kind of, I was kind of having fun. Lightning on the airplane. I'm with all my friends. Yeah. We're doing it, man. I was just kind of like, I don't know. It sounds weird. My coffee cup started sliding at the first little bit of turbulence. So I just kind of kept it from spilling on my friend. So I held it in my other hand because he was, he was on my right. I put the cup in my left and it's kind of laughing because every time the plane would drop, I would look in and, you know, I didn't spill anything. So I just kind of just chuckled a little bit. Man, I'd love to be on a flight like that with you. You sound like you're a good uh, stress <laughs> like, lower. It's like, I'm scared for my life. And this guy's worried about his caffeine dripping. Yeah, I was. I mean, it, maybe it's the wrong way to look at it. I didn't think about it until afterwards because, you know, a couple people were a little shook. They thought I was a little crazy. <laughs> Did they say they were a little shug? Little shug. They were a little shug. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I was just kind of like, wait, what? You were scared? And they're just like, you weren't? I'm like, I don't know, not, I, I mean, guess. what am I going to do? I can be scared and then nothing comes of it, right? Yeah. All right, before we get to the stage show, because I do want to ask you about that, but just to keep it a little chronological so I can articulate even my questions, you go on the plane, you land in said city. What's your schedule like with this artist? Is it the same as any other artist or is it different? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are headlining these 100,000 plus cap shows in South America. What's your schedule like when you uh, you land in the city you're you're going to? Uh, this this one was a little different. Yeah. So here the schedule went. Uh, we started at Lollapalooza, Argentina. Then we went to Lollapalooza, Chile. From Chile, yeah. we went to her a headlining show for Miley in Bogota, Colombia. Oh, you had like a kind of your own show and then you went back yes. to another the festival. OK, cool. Yeah. So then there was another festival, which was in Paraguay. And then from Paraguay, we were flying and then we went to the last show, which was Sao Paulo, Lollapalooza, Brazil. Wow. That's a fucking trip if I've ever heard of one. Wow. It's part of my language. And, you know, it's it's Lollapalooza. So it's all it's three shows, you know, across the weekend. But but we had to go from Argentina to Chile, which the day we got there was the day that Miley was playing and okay. her band. So, you know, we, again, we got there in the morning. So we had enough time to go to our, check into our hotels, have like a couple hours off, 
then go straight to the site. Except the only difference was this time it was what's called a throw and go, which is we didn't get to check. We didn't get to really check any of the instruments, you know, sound check, line check. We just had to wait until the changeover time and just set up the gear and the band comes out and plays. What? Anxiety yeah. level. How how much higher does that make your anxiety when you can't double check? I mean, I double check everything as much as I can before something. So I'm like memory card, battery, you know, yeah. everything. How much does that rock you when it's a throw and go? I mean, can we can we cuss on here? At the bu- I mean, the podcast is called Don't Shit on the Bus. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I was honestly, I was shitting my pants. It's my second show. Yeah. I mean, it, it's my second show with my first time with this camp. So I'm just going. Yeah. And you know me, I'm always just in my head. I'm just going, oh, my God. Okay, so I need to string this guitar. when You I care. Back. I need to. Yeah, I need I need to string this guitar. I need to check these cables. Uh, I need to do this. Okay, wait. But now the setup, this goes here. But then that goes over there. I need to bring this cable through over here and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, and and mind you, we're already just getting in the morning. So we barely had some sleep. You know, you can't really sleep for an hour or two when we're there because that's going to ruin the whole day and just make you groggy. I mean, that yeah, that's another thing you don't really think about is when you're in a bus and it's a U.S. tour, like not international, you sleep on the bus, you get up, you do the venue. And it's more or less like you have this reliable schedule when you're flying and getting hotels. You're probably spending so much time in transit that like, yeah. when you have those few hours off, are you sleeping? Are you just trying to catch up or what's your vibe? I try not to just because for me, okay. I get I get super groggy. So I just hate dragging knuckles. I, I try to stay up, do the job or do whatever I need to do and sleep when it's sleep time. But when is sleep time if you're flying at 3 a.m.? That, that was an exception. That was a rough one. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a little weird. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad that you figured it out. And so, okay, you go throw and go or line check. You get ready for the show. How does this show compare to other shows? I mean, it's obviously bigger. There's and when something's bigger, there comes with more pressure. And when there's you have two art, like, what is the difference between this and when like your normal gig is? You're usually with Taking Back Sunday. What's different with this gig? It, it's a different kind of pressure, I think. Okay. Well, actually, that's kind of not fair for me to say because I've been with Taking Back Sunday for. Uh, almost eight years now so i know you know i still i still have the same stresses it's just it's i guess it's a little different just because i know them i know how this their stage is goes as far as setup and things like that and then in this in the sense of miley cyrus i mean there's you know i think this isn't this isn't chile but i mean there was the first show there was over a hundred thousand people in attendance watching miley's set I think in South Paulo, they that? said it was a, yeah, it was that first show, a hundred thousand people watching was crazy because that was where I was saying everybody's singing along front to back from beginning to end with everything that, that's happened in the last couple of years. You could, there was that, that, that anxiousness, like people yeah. wanted shows, people wanted to see live music. And it's South America. And it's South America. That was gnarly. I mean, I, you, 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 you feel it. It's just like, whoa, okay. Did you take any videos? From stage, I did, I did. I'm I would trying love to learn. You got to send me one. Okay, yeah, I'll send you. Uh, I learned. I'm trying not learn because I'm learning. I'm still in the early stages, trying to learn how to edit, film, and edit videos. Oh, let me know what you need help with. I'll connect Thank you with you. somebody from our dude. We got listeners on here that would happily help you. I oh, can cool. help you. Anybody, just you. Let me know what you need help with, and we got you. Thank you. Yeah, that's rad. Of course. I, I, I got a GoPro because if I spend yeah. money, I have to force myself to learn because I don't want to waste all that money. That's a sunk cost, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've started doing that. So I made a couple videos from, from the tour. 
All right, we'll send one to us and we'll throw it. Well, I mean, we don't, I don't want to get DCMA or whatever from any of the audio, but we can throw some visual on here without any audio just so people can see what your view was if you're comfortable okay. sharing it. Yeah. And we'll just play it right now. So if you're watching the video version, you can see this. Actually, Spotify shows video now. So you can see this. And um, if not, yeah. Cool. We'll check out the video version. But anyway, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was. So you felt the pressure of the 100,000 people. How did that affect your job? Is it just like, all right, everything you're doing, you're just even more focused on it? Does it make it harder? Or is it easier? Because I don't know. I guess all of the above. I mean, I'm always just. Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> looking not to. I'm not making this trying to trying to make this sound negative at all, but I'm always looking for something to go wrong. I mean, that's not negative. That's your job. Yeah. I'm always just kind of. Paying preventing. attention to everything. Yeah, preventing. Proactively preventing issues. That's your job because when something goes wrong, that probably means that you didn't check something 10 times. You only checked it nine. Yep. See, and if something does go wrong in my head, I'm sitting there going, okay, did I do this? Oh, crap. Wait, maybe I didn't do that, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm do you have like a written checklist or is it literally just all in your head? Or do you have anything, you, any systems you've created over time or when, you know what I mean? I definitely have a system. It just depends on the act because I, I i think of a flow in my head yeah where i i you know once once i get comfortable enough i could start thinking of of a the sequence of events that i have to you know go through so and and i also look at time like if there's uh you know like change over time from the last band before the band that I, i'd be working for that time of of setting up i'm always like okay they finish at this time so we only have this amount of time so i have to go and do this first since that takes longer yeah. Just figuring out the order of operations, basically. That makes the most sense. Yep. I know that you said that you knew, uh, just going back to talking about touring with this group of people, one of the things you said was that you want to make sure, you know, it's a group you vibe with. And I'm assuming because you knew these people and you took the gig that it was somebody you vibed with. It's, to me, it's always interesting how much of that radiates or is trickled down from the artists themselves. Do you feel that like if an artist is an asshole, then the crew is probably an asshole and vice versa? And if so, why? Yes. Um, <laughs> I love yes. the pause and the look on your face. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I didn't want to like force the answer on you either because I'm yeah. okay with me being wrong. If you're like, no, that's not how I've experienced it. But if it is how you experienced it, obviously without names, I'd love to hear examples or like, you know, things you've noticed. I, I'd say I'm going to stick with the answer. Yes. I mean, because it's, it's like with any job, you know, if you see the management, you know, it just goes down the chain. And I'll, I'll say uh, when I worked, I, I still do. But when I worked uh, a shift at the observatory in Santa Ana, I'll, I'll go from the beginning. It was at the observatory in Santa Ana. So there was it was a double show. So there was an early yeah. show and a late show on the same stage. She was going to the late the performer for the late show. Her crew was nice enough, but they were still just very like, you know, this needs to be done. And why isn't this done? It was just like they're super demanding. distressed. Yeah, demanding because they were stressed. I think part of that stems from they were a little in, like intimidation from the artist. Okay, they were scared. Yeah, be, just because the way that the, their tone and the way they were requesting things and wanting things and asking for things, it wasn't really like a comfortable asking. It was kind of like talking to you and not uh, talking at you and not to you. Yeah, it's almost like they've had these things happen before and they've dealt with the repercussions and they're scared that that's going to happen again. Yeah. So they're trying to avoid it. And so that just makes us stressed because it's like, oh my God, we got to get this done and they want this now, you know, but then in reality, they're not really paying attention. They're just barking the orders because they know they have to. And then I've been in another, you know, there's other situations where 
one of the people, I won't say if it's artist or crew, but it's just the, you know, just so super stressed out and totally controlling that it trickles down and it makes the other people kind of act the same way where it has a negative effect on everybody. Yeah, it's crazy that when somebody makes the extra effort in the wrong way to avoid something bad happen happening, what they're actually doing is creating a situation in which it's more likely something bad will happen. Yeah. So then on the flip side, it sounds like your experience with Miley Cyrus is the polar opposite of that. Can you tell me what it was like? Look, I don't like to ask about artists specifically. I think that's mm-hmm. incorrect, but I just want to know what it was like overall working with somebody who didn't create that atmosphere. Like what are things artists do to create a positive vibe and crew? And like, what does that feel like working with a healthy family? I mean, it was great. It was super relaxed. I mean, of course there's, there's not stressful moments, but it's, there's a sense of urgency you still have to have, of course, but it was just like with them, it was, everybody is so talented and that stems from Miley to the, all the crew where nobody really had, has to, or had to look over each other's shoulders. Yeah. You know, everybody was there. We, we all did our own things, but we came together to do it. Trust each other. Yeah. And, and, and the band, the band themselves are so talented. I mean, Stacy, the music director, he'll map out the set, let everybody know what's going on, and they'll re- rehearse it on their own. Then they'll all come together for in-person re- rehearsals, hammer through it a few times. And again, they're so talented that they'll have the set down within like a day. And then, wow. they, then, then the next day, they'll just kind of, you know, fine tune everything. You know, it, it's just a good, it's a good vibe through it all. It's not stressful. It's just like Stacy will always kind of, you know, there, there's a microphone everybody's got their own microphone talk so they back. can hear each other talk back the talk back yeah where you know he'll just be like hey how does everybody feel everybody good with that okay cool let's do you want to run it again cool no cool great job everyone and then that's it very comfortable it's not you know and if and if something were to go wrong they'll stop and be like they would stop and be like okay let's get this worked out let's do it you're good cool are you good cool let's go so it sounds like it comes down to communication and everybody being on the same page and when we had Neil on here for the first 30 or so episodes, we'd always talk about like, you have to be a good hang because if you have bad negative energy, and this sounds like a really good example, it can kind of affect everyone. Like when you're going through these talk back moments, I can't imagine if somebody was like, okay, you're good. Do we need to go over anything? If somebody was like, fuck this, I hate this. You all suck. Like I know oh, that's yeah. an extreme example to represent principle, but you know what I mean? Like I've that would just that ruin everything. Before. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. my. Again, na- not naming names. I was on a tour and, you know, we had our in-ears in. The set starts and the, one of them gets on the mic and on the talk back, directed at the engine, at the monitor engineer. But of course, we're all on the same. We can all hear it. And I just hear, whoa, 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 fucking fix this now. I need this and this fucking make it work and get it done. God damn it. Like something <laughs> like that. I mean, it was crazy. Great. And that was my first show with them. So I literally, yeah, I literally flinched. And actually a friend of ours was standing on the same side, you know, basically was standing in front of me and he looks at me and just starts laughing because he's used to it by this time. He just looks at me and does the kind of just don't even worry about it. Just brush it off. He's like, we're going through it. Brush it it off. It happens all the time. (laughs) What, uh, if, if anything, like what would be the line of, of which you would be like, not for me, I'm out and make you drop and go home. Is there, is there something that would cross that line other than obvious? Like I assume violence and stuff would be anybody's line, but is there something that comes before that, that you would call it on? You know, I have a pretty high tolerance level just because 
you know, if something were to go wrong, I'll, I'll do what I can to fix the situation. I have been yelled at twice ever, I think, which I get, I guess is a good thing because it's only been twice. Yeah. Um, both of those times, I, uh, from what I understand, was not. Well, one of those times I'll take fault for. The other time, from what I understand, was not my fault. It was just the person was having a bad day and yeah. took it out on me because I was the new guy. But all I, you know, I, I was apologized to both of those times, so I was fine. I left one situation because I just wasn't getting treated properly yeah. all around. You know, it was just constant, not treated, you know, mentally bad. It was just, they just didn't look out for the crew or treat the crew like they should have been treated, me and myself included. So it wasn't a unique to you thing. It was like, okay, this whole camp is operating in a way which I don't vibe with. Yeah. And that was where we were talking about earlier. The vibe, it comes down. It, fl- it flows down the chain where the vibe the whole time was just terrible. Like these guys hated what they did. Like I've never Ugh. been, or, I'd never been around a group of people who hated touring more than them. What a bad way to tour, man. That's like the opposite of this podcast. They all probably shit on the bus. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, and the, and they wouldn't have given a shit about it. Yeah. That's the worst, man. Ugh. The tour, what became my last tour with them going into that when they were booking that tour, I, I remember we we're sitting on a tour and so they're going back and forth with the agent and they're saying, okay, well, we're going to book this tour because, and they'd already been making some terrible decisions, you know, turning down big tours that they yeah. shouldn't have been. So it got to the point where the agent was just like, okay, we're going to book this tour and you're going to do it. And so they finally <laughs> said, okay, okay, fine, we'll do it. And then it turned into, well, we're going to, okay, this tour needs to be two months long. All members were just like, why? Two months long? Why does it have to be two months long? Why can't it be six weeks long? Agent comes back. Okay, okay. We broke it down. It's going to be six weeks long. Six weeks long? Why does it have to be six weeks long? Why can't it be a month long? <laughs> Make less money. W- yeah. Work less. It's like, what a concept. Agent put his foot down and said, we broke. We, we cut it down to five weeks. We're not cutting it down anymore. You're doing five weeks. That's that. Yeah. And that was it. I would just drop the client. I'd be like, all right, I'm out. These guys aren't even on the same team as me. Yeah, it was. And I'm sitting here just listening to all this. Going, Man, you guys really don't care about doing anything except for recording. Yeah. Yeah. They canceled the show. They canceled the show um, because there was no talk. There was there wasn't there was never a, hey, we're going to cancel the show. It was just a, hey, this this show has the ticket sales aren't great. There's talk of canceling, but there was also talk of moving it to a smaller venue. Band didn't hesitate. All booked flights home. Cancel the show. That's before crazy. The, before the before the even the the confirmation of cancel cancellation even happened, they they booked flights home. What a way to exist, man! Yeah. You know, usually usually I'm pretty good at trying to find ways to relate, and there's a lot of things that I'll kind of dismiss and be like, okay, I can't relate to this. I need to wait till I'll experience this then I'll understand it. You know, it's happened throughout my life on so many different things. Like whether people are like, wait till you have kids, wait till you, you know, you're, you, I don't know, wait till your grandparents die. Like things like you don't really understand. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be able to understand that one. And I don't think I'll ever make it to the space. So I'm just going to have to be at a loss from words from a distance and be like, all right, yeah, that's a wild way to live. (laughs) I was only with them for, I think a year. And this is only a year. And there was, I've seen more terrible decisions made in that yeah. year than I've ever seen in anything else. 
hey man, you probably learned a shit ton. Just just observing people operate like that. How did that like, you know, sometimes you got to see where you end up if you follow the darkness. Did it just push you in the other direction even more? Like your trajectory oh, was absolutely. like to the left. <laughs> like how did it how did it affect you? The moment I said I was out, I, I was just like, I'm not doing that again. Because that was the first experience I had going into a group of mm-hmm. people that I didn't know. Yeah. And it was just a luckily it was, you know, not I I won't go so far as to say it was my worst experience, but it was definitely a bad experience. So luckily from there it's gotten better. There's been hit or misses here and there, but I've been pretty fortunate. I'm I'm am very fortunate to have been able to do this for the most part with good people. Well, I think that's like a projection of who you are and who you surround yourself with and why it's important, you know. Maybe for an example, the person who undercut you for a gig, you're probably not friends with them. You probably don't talk to them. You don't associate with them and you wouldn't take a job that they recommended to you. Mm-hmm. But then you have people like that, you know, from American Hi-Fi and you have people that you know from, you know, Gabe that text for other artists. And when those people recommend you a gig, you take it because you want to follow these like positivity and this vibe. And as you were talking, I did remember a tour I did where I didn't notice it at the time because I was pretty young and I would kind of just go on tour and really disconnect myself from the people I toured with. But it was the first tour where I went home and I felt like I, I don't know if vehemently is the right way to say the word or the right Mm -hmm. word for it, but I disagreed with their values on such a very core level. And they did things I was uncomfortable with. It wasn't violent, but it was definitely borderline, you know, it grossed me out. I felt bad about myself having to see things happen where I was like, I'm never touring with them again in this phase of their career. I've been there. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird, you know, and and now it might be even different. Like maybe even now, like somebody I totally agreed with on every level, but just parties too much might not be my vibe to tour, you know, and that's nothing wrong with that. That's just not where I'm at right now in life. Exactly. Yep. But it's so wild. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, it's weird. The older we get, like as far as the partying aspect, it was never that important to me anyway. I mean, I'll still go out and drink every now (laughs) and then. I'm here for the hang. Yeah. The party. But I need a party. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and get blasted and close and shut the bar down and yeah. then go to another bar after that or an after party. No, I don't care for that. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. You want to do your job well the next day. Yeah, you know, exactly. My feet hurt. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, got to get new shoes. <laughs> yeah. I had to buy, I, I just had to order uh insoles, yeah, these... new insoles. Oh, wow. Aren't these sweet looking? I just got them. What are they? They're called on cloud. I needed okay. new running shoes and I didn't realize how bad my other running shoes were. And I'm just wearing them all the time. They don't even have laces. Just like they're kind great. of slip-ons, but you can tighten them, right? Uh, oh, that's cool. They came with a pair of laces that I could put on, but they fit perfectly. That's cool. I'm only two days in, so maybe it's okay. pretty premature to be recommending them. But I've done a few runs and walked everywhere with them. I'm wearing them during a podcast. That's how comfortable they are. I had to do <laughs> the. I went to CVS and and stepped on the machine. Oh, what's that do? It, it measures your feet, like the pressure points, and oh, then cool. it suggests. Um, the insoles, the Dr. Scholl's oh. insoles. So I did that to, and and just ordered some. I'm waiting for them to come in. Dr. Scholl reminds me of Mitch yeah. Hedberg. Man, I don't have insoles anymore, but I used to have like arch supports when I was a kid because I had bad, I have big arches, which means you can run faster. That's good. Yeah, I can't run with shit. Yeah, dude, <laughs> let's race. It'll, yeah. It'll be fun for one of us. It'll be fun for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll look you put it like, together. Damn yeah, it. I'll look like that one guy on Superbad. I totally forgot his name and I totally forgot his character. But when he's running on on the track and he's just super, super winning, Jonah Hill? he's like, this is bullshit. Jonah Hill, his yeah. character, when he's running on the track, he's like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. That's me. <laughs> Man, that movie's so good. Yeah. I've watched it again recently and it's still really good. That movie was like, that movie is good. 
I need to watch that again for sure. I uh, one time ended up in an Uber with one of the guys from that movie and he was on shrooms and I'd never met him before. And I was uh-huh. like, what's up, man? <laughs> no like, way. Dude, just having a night. And I was like, all right. It was just, we had a similar group of friends and it was a very funny adventure. That's awesome. Rad. Well, I mean, we kind of did, we're at an hour. I think we did. Are we really? Good. Yeah, we did it. I mean, that was a pretty, we did like an hour. That was a pretty good, I, I mean, tour check-in was like a, I, I, it's going to take a bit for me to flesh it out, but I like uh-huh. how we kind of back, I like how we balanced between like, the tour specifically and just other thoughts on things that happen. Like, I don't know. How was that as you as a, as a podcast interviewee? Honestly, I didn't even think of it as a podcast. It just felt like a conversation. Yeah. Because the only thing that felt like a podcast is the camera. Cause I'm not used to the, the like FaceTiming and stuff like that. (laughs) But other than that, when we're just talking, it was cool. (laughs) I know you're like about to say artist names. You're like, wait, 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 no, this is going to be public. I have to uh, yeah. refrain from that is okay one cut. thing that i thought was really interesting and i know that this is a given for me because i'm in the industry and i understand this but when you're talking to me and this is going to be public you said you know we have to keep these names out of here but i'll tell you after why yeah. is it okay to not say them publicly but to say them privately like what does that what's the thought process there if you were to put it into words you know for me it's different i think for then what people would think it's yeah. just i don't want to give them that attention you know it's forget like i i'll forget it's forgotten i'm never gonna bring it up again but You've if moved i do on. yeah i've moved on i'm not gonna bring i'm not gonna give them the pleasure of the attention but when you tell me i kind of think of it as like i was trying to articulate in my head it's like oh but why maybe from a listener's point of view they're like oh he can tell adam but he can't tell me like what oh, makes yeah. adam special and i was thinking that it kind of reflects the trust we have in each other but it's really like a professional map in a way where you're like hey this is the art like it's not gossip in a way you're just like hey this artist did this thing which is really wrong to me we don't need it to be out there in their public professional the public eyes because it would affect their career but professionally privately you probably don't want to work or work for them if they've done this and that's helpful to know so i just thought it was really interesting thing yeah also i don't want to ruin the perspective of the fans that they have of these people. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I don't want to ever put these people on blast. There's some I'd like to put on, put on, on blast just because they're shitty people. They'll put themselves out there eventually. Yeah. For the most part, some of them are, are good people. It's just, they just, maybe they're in, should be doing something else. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. It was a really, really nice to catch up with you. And thanks for doing it in the form of podcast with me. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This is, I never think that I'm like cool enough to be asked to do stuff. So I'm like, okay, damn. You want to really? Dude, me too. I didn't think I was cool enough for you to come on here. No, dude. I'll take it as a reflection of my coolness. Anytime you need anything, let me know. You know. Yeah. So my next guest I really wanted was Miley. So if you could just plug me in real quick, you know, I know that just next time you're on the flight, just show up, put me in front of her and I'll just go for it. We'll FaceTime. From yeah, rehearsals, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just need you for one hour. Take a break. Everybody, you're still paid. It's cool. Let's just talk about a wrecking ball. Yeah, I'd be oh, man. into that. All right, sweet. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your week. This will be coming out actually in one week and okay. I will be. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to Serbia tomorrow. I'm very excited. I just want to know you're going to do. That's crazy for a photo shoot with 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 the nicest dudes in the world nicest dudes in the world we won't give away who it is because yeah. i don't know when they're releasing that information about what they're doing but yeah i'm very excited that's gonna be cool thank you have, i'm have, excited have, to travel have, how long are you going i leave tomorrow which if you're hearing this is a week ago and then i come back the 24th which is the day that this comes out 
Oh, dude, you're going to have a blast. I'm very excited. I'm looking. Okay. So I play this card game called Magic the Gathering. I love it. Uh-huh. I play it a lot and I've played it in some crazy places and gone through some pretty uh, extensive sleepless nights to get to play it when I'm on the road. But uh-huh. I looked it up. Serbia does have a local game store that hosts Magic the Gathering tournaments and a new set of cards comes out this weekend. Unfortunately, I'm out of town, but I'm going to try to go there at night and play like the new set or find some nice. time off to do it. And I'm hoping the cards are printed in English there because I was looking up languages and I don't know if they like more people speak Russian or another language there, but I hope oh, it's yeah. English. I hope so for your sake. Me too. <laughs> me too. Thanks for letting me talk about myself a little bit. I just, yeah. you know, I'm ho- I just got nobody to tell all my exciting things to. So I appreciate That's it. That's going to be so rad. I'm so psyched for you. That's so cool. Thanks. I'll send photos. You send me that GoPro video. All right. I will. I have a, I have a few. Do you want me to send them all? Like just what, like a few, cause I have the, the like kind of movies that I made. Yeah. And then I Whatever have you like think's cool. clips. Okay. Whatever I'll send you, you a couple. Cool. I'll okay. send you a couple options. Thank you so much for your time today, man. If, if you ever need help with anything, video, anything, podcast, any cool people you think would be a good podcast guest, let me know. I'm just Dude. down. I'm just trying to keep learning. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was cool. All right. I look forward to seeing you in real life, man. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.